Happy May. Leah Pika here. Today's guest wrote the book on delivering killer webinars. I'll give you a hint. You're about to hear him speak right now. Stay tuned to find out who's rocking the airwaves on the Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 43. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics, visualizations, and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. Hey guys, welcome to the 43rd episode of Present Beyond Measure, the only podcast at the intersection of presentation, data visualization and storytelling, and digital analytics. This is the place to be if you're ready to make maximum impact and create credibility through thoughtfully presented insights. So it's been a little quiet on the podcast airwaves because I've barely been home. It's been a whirlwind spring travel season. I'm very blessed. I just got back from a keynote at the Web at Quebec conference and uh, gave a few workshops to Microsoft in Seattle, but I'm finally back home for about six more days <laughs> and before I'm off again. Uh, I've got some amazing travel on the horizon. First, I'm going to be giving a keynote at the Digital Analytics Association Symposium in Philadelphia this Wednesday. Represent Philly. I'm so excited about that one. So if you're in that area, please, please make it down. Um, and the show, the link to that event will be on the show notes page. I'm also hitting Raleigh up next week for Brooks Bell and then to Paris and Zurich for more custom workshops. I know I hate my job. <laughs> so please, if you're in any of those areas please reach out and maybe we can meet up. That would be awesome. And unfortunately, due to travel, I can't attend this one, but you definitely have to consider the Marketing Analytics Summit in Vegas in June. Rest assured, my dear friend Jim Stern is going to be bringing some of the top names in the field to that event. So definitely give it a thought if, uh, if you're on the fence. So... I'm finally so excited to announce that the doors are open again to the next live run of my Inspiring Insights Virtual Data Storytelling Bootcamp. Yes, this three-session live web-based training with me will empower you with a massive toolbox for visually and verbally communicating your valuable digital data in a way that informs decisions, sparks ideas, inspires action, and makes you an indispensable resource to your clients and organizations. Just 90 minutes for three days. That will be May 13th, 15th, and 17th. From what I've heard from past students, I've heard again and again that after these few minutes, you will transform how you approach telling data stories and finally create the impact and the career that you really desire. So you can learn more and register at leahpika.com slash bootcamp, but the clock is ticking and this may be one of the final times. It could actually be the final time I ever do this as a live run where you have direct access to ask me any questions that you want and get lots of weigh in on your work and such. So definitely if you have that budget available and you're thinking about how, what kind of training you need to level up your game, this is the place you want to put that. So I can't wait to see you sign up. All right. So I, <laughs> I'm always excited about my guest. Let's be honest. 
But this guest today, I have a particular fondness for because he's not necessarily as known in the digital analytics space, but he is a megastar in the digital marketing and on online entrepreneurial space. And he has a massive knowledge set when it comes to delivering webinars, especially software as a service webinars. The, the learnings that he dropped on this interview were just astounding. And he is so generous with his time and knowledge that he even continued going with me after our interview had finished to drop one of the most important things from the interview at all. So I am so excited because I know that there are a lot of technology platforms and SaaS providers that probably listen to this show and you're giving webinars. And I'm telling you, if that's you, you absolutely cannot miss this. And if you're a practitioner in a company or an agency analyst or, or whatnot, you're giving web-based presentations anyway. And all of this knowledge could be really valuable for you too. So I am so thrilled. So let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome. Today's guest has hosted over 1,000 live webinars for some of the most successful SaaS startups, and he is a certified webinar rock star. I can tell you that in my field of entrepreneurship, his career in creating and hosting high converting webinars has brought in a total of over $12 million in revenue for his clients. That client list features startups that have just skyrocketed like lead pages, social media examiner, smart marketer, Sipify, Drip, Funnel Dash, just to name a couple. And when he's not busy hosting webinars, he is a professional voice actor. So you might have actually heard his voice on NBC, the CW, the Weather Channel, Jimmy Kimmel, the UFC. And, you know, the, the list goes on. And a little fun fact, he's actually the dynamic and engaging voice behind my podcast introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? And he's here today to give us some of the most top secret ingredients he has in creating and delivering webinars that convert customers. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Mr. Tim Page. Welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> he just bowed for people on the podcast. He just yeah. bowed. <laughs> oh, Tim, I mean, obviously, this has been months in the making. And yeah. I was pinching myself when we first connected because, as an entrepreneur in the webinar and information product field, you know, I remember attending your webinars with lead pages when I was just starting out and figuring out things like content upgrades and lead magnets and sales pages. And I kind of struck gold when you offered free podcast voiceovers with a membership and then a mutual friend of ours connected us and it, it just went from there. And I can just see, you know, what I'm seeing in my industry of digital marketing and analytics, there are so many providers of software as a service for digital tool sets, analytics platforms, things like that. Lots of webinars going on to try to get these tools in people's hands and they can be falling short in a lot of ways. So that's why I'm yeah. thrilled to have you here. No doubt about it. I, I see a lot of, you know, people see that it works. They see companies like lead pages and other companies in, in various spaces that are doing webinars and 
having all these people on them. So they think, okay, let's do a webinar, but they don't stop (laughs) to think, how can I use this webinar to benefit, you know, potential customers, uh, and existing customers? How can I use it to not only drive sales, but also to, you know, have people actually recognize that we care and recognize that we're thought leaders and provide value in the marketplace, as opposed to here's just another marketing channel. Here's another way to get sales. So yeah, I, I think, um, that has led to an explosion of webinars and also a perception mm-hmm. in the marketplace that webinars are just infomercials by, you know, <laughs> oh. consumers. You know, we a lot of people will tell you they hate attending webinars, yeah. but it's because they haven't been on a kind of webinar with people that care about them uh, beyond just a sale. So I think there's so much wisdom in what you're saying. And I want to get into kind of the allowing value and benefits to drive in a moment. Um, but you're right. I think that's the common ingredient to a successful presentation, mm-hmm. um, a successful podcast episode or Facebook live or whatever you're doing or sales page is. And I do this too, where I talk about like, this is why this product is great. Yeah. It's not, here's a transformation you're going to experience as a result of it. So let's, um, let's bookmark that because I want to go over the value piece a lot. But first, I thought it would be interesting for the listeners to hear how it is you became the king of webinars for <laughs> lead pages and for so many entrepreneurs and, and voice acting as well. Well, it's funny you mentioned, you know, lead pages and how that was how you were introduced to me in your early stages of this business. Um, I was following lead pages as well. You know, I was watching (laughs) Clay, who was the CEO of lead pages, who was hosting the webinars and watching what he was doing and being so amazed. And we were connected through a mutual friend, John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Mm -hmm. Fire, introduced me to Clay and Clay brought me on to start the lead pages podcast. That's what I was brought onto the team there to do. Oh. Had nothing to do with webinars. Oh, okay. It's really funny. And I'd never done a webinar. So I was brought on to start the podcast because I was a podcaster. And at one point, uh, Clay had gotten sick and mm-hmm. he couldn't, he had a webinar scheduled for the next day. And he was like, I, I won't be able to do it. Have you ever spoken in front of large groups. Have you ever done sales presentations? (laughs) And I had in person, but never on a webinar. So I said, okay, I'll figure it out. So he gives me the video of his last webinar and the slide deck and said, okay, tomorrow you're going to host it. (laughs) It was nuts. I had one day to learn it and, um, I did my best, you know, I had a script, but I, I don't work well with scripts, uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of webinars. So I'm did my best, went on the webinar, and uh, I outconverted Clay's average on my oh, first webinar. Oh my God. And Clay came back and said, Oops. Well, how'd you like to do the webinars wow. <laughs> going forward? That's big of him. So, yeah, so I started doing that, um, and I did, I think, 900 uh, lead pages webinars. We were at a point where we were doing like 10 a week. Wow. Um, oh on an average week. And then mm-hmm. from there, uh, it came to a point where, you know, things were really rolling at lead pages. The team had grown so much. Um, there were other people that on the team starting to do webinars and I felt like it was time for me to branch out and start to do new things. So, um, I had a few different companies that had been reaching out to me, asking me to do their webinars. So I went off and did my own thing and have now hosted webinars for all those different companies that you mentioned. What an amazing ride. You think like the universe, sorry, Clay, for getting sick that day, but (laughs) the universe had a plan. And he was grateful. You know, he was, he was like, I I didn't want to get sick, but you know, it worked out. 
You know, yeah. we, we ended up doing so well and he could step out and do the, you know, lead the, the organization, which when I started, there were 26 people and there were wow. like 300 by the time I left. So, amazing. you know, it's what needed to happen for him. And it gave me a great opportunity. Well, it, it's amazing what happens when you find your respective zones of genius, yeah. you know, and, and the ripple effect that that happens for a whole company and for thousands of entrepreneurs and whatnot. So. Wow, what an amazing story. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were talking about what I'd like to focus on the theme for today are what are the secret ingredients of successful webinars that people out there running them just don't know about yet? So it might be great to start with like, what are you seeing happening now from the minute they go live to the minute they close? What are you seeing and what would you like to see instead or what's worked better? Well, I'll share a little anticlimactic uh, piece of information, and that is that the secret is there aren't really any secrets. Oh. The secret is that <laughs> that it comes down to people and understanding hmm. people and valuing people and having a sense of what is it that somebody is here is looking for? What's keeping them up at night? Clay used to say, mm. you know, he used to talk about the the pillow test when somebody's lying awake at night in their bed and they're, they're they can't sleep because something's on their mind and they're thinking, if only I could mm. blank. Wow. Interesting. What's that thing? Yeah. And if you can help them with that thing, you're their hero, Wh whatever it is. It doesn't, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's, if only I could increase my conversion rate by half a percent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, if only I could figure out a way to motivate my people, whatever, right? It could be anything. Right. But if you can solve that thing and you can provide a means to solve that thing through your webinar, changes everything. And they'll buy yeah. whatever tools you offer them as long as it's in line with what you're, you're teaching them. So, I see. yeah. So I think that's, that's the secret. The secret is just caring about that the most. I mean, look, we're marketers, we're entrepreneurs, we need to make money. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in favor, but we'll make money by doing that. And you know, some other things that you can do can, that can lead them from that to here's my money. Um, so you ask what I'm seeing and it's really interesting because, uh, a few years ago, if you had asked me about webinars, I would have said, go nuts. Let's go crazy webinars. It's the way to go. <laughs> super easy. Mm -hmm. It's a little harder now. And mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. Um, what it means is that if you're good, you will do an amazing job. You mm -hmm. will excel because people have such low expectations of a webinar right now. At one point, everybody would just attend webinars. They, you would see so many people to go, this is my first webinar. And they're, they're watching a webinar and they've never seen one. Now everybody's seen one. It's for now, free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now everyone's seen a bad one. Yeah. Um, and so that makes a difference. And it means that you don't have to do that much to stand out. <laughs> you don't have to be that good to stand out. A little bit of, of good, a little bit of care will really help you stand out. So that's mm -hmm. that's one thing um, I'm seeing change. Another big change that's happened is it used to be the majority of your sales would come on the live webinar, the people that were there with you live that right. day. That's where your sales came from. We were seeing like 98% of our sales would come live and then we'd see a few trickle in afterwards. <laughs> now it's way smaller. The percentage is like, it's not even 50, 50, it's probably 30, 70, 30% will come live. 70% will come in the follow-up, if not more. So the follow-up 
is as critical as the webinar itself. Now, if the webinar sucks and the follow-up's great, you're not going to get a lot of sales. <laughs> if the webinar is great, but the follow-up sucks, you're not going to get a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of those two things that will get you the best bang for your buck. Um, and the other thing I think, um, well, there's a few other things. So another thing that I'm seeing change is that, um, you know, we know ads are getting more expensive, right? Oh yeah. You know, paid media is becoming more and more expensive as the marketplace gets more crowded and we have to be more sophisticated as marketers. And so there's a a higher premium on having a built-in audience, but that's not Mm. really awesome for a lot of us who are like, well, that's great, but I've already got my audience. I'm trying to expand. So again, we need to be better with our webinars and with our follow-ups in order for that paid media to be worth it. Mm, I see. Put more, mm -hmm. make sure you're maximizing what you're investing in the upper part of the funnel by really fine tuning what's at the lower part that can scale. And be prepared to spend more to get people onto a webinar. Don't be afraid as long as your webinar is good and your follow-up is good. Ah, Okay. Uh, then it's worth spending more. If your webinar stinks and your follow-up stinks, you're going to spend more money without getting that return. So maybe a frugal approach for people that have limited advertising budget is to test organically with an audience as much with an organic audience as much as possible, really try to fine tune those rates at the lower part and then start to feed in the upper part. Yep. If you can, if you can get to a level where with your organic stuff, if your webinar, if you could take half the sales from that webinar and be profitable from ads, then you're good to go. So that's a, that's right. kind of a good, you know, uh, estimate. And then I think the the other thing that I'm seeing that's working more and more is I, I used to to only create and advise people to create a webinar that was here are the things that you can do to achieve X result. So it would be you know, for lead pages, we would teach people how to get a a better conversion rate on their landing pages. So maybe Mm -hmm. an example would be four steps to increase your conversion rate of your landing page. Step one, you know, do this with your headline. Step two, Mm -hmm. do this with your button, right? Now that still works great, but at a certain level, um, depending on who your audience is, one thing that's working maybe even better is the webinar teaches a particular philosophy and you sell the tool as an ability to implement that philosophy. Oh, interesting. Wow. So an example would be, um, let's say that you have a tool that helps make your, uh, that helps to kind of um, build a, a team dynamic that's positive, right? It, it helps you okay. to, you know, give each other kind of kudos and helps you to kind of survey people and find out like what, what, how they're feeling about their job, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you do a webinar that sells them on your philosophy about team building and connection and that kind of thing. And you're spending a lot of time on that webinar, just really helping them understand the difference between punishing people and, you know, just offering people <laughs> money as opposed to giving them kudos and giving them freedom and that kind of thing, right? So you sell them on that philosophy. And then at the end, you show them now, you, you, if you're at this point, you're on board with this philosophy. Here are some things that you can do to start that ball rolling in your company. Thing one is this. Let me show you how our software can help you do that. Thing two is this. Let me show you how our software can mm, do that. Interesting. So 
the purpose of the webinar is selling the philosophy, right? And when I say selling, I mean getting them to buy in, quote unquote, to the philosophy. And then at the end, you're showing them how to actually incorporate that philosophy within their company or whatever it is by using your your product. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's a big switch that's working a lot better for people now. So I'm wondering if we could help elaborate by using a launch that I'm planning in a few weeks. Yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's my show. I can. Absolutely. Go nuts. <laughs> um, so I am launching a the next live run of my three session virtual boot camp for data storytelling for digital marketers and analysts. And if anyone wants to see that, it's leahpeak.com slash bootcamp. But anyway, it's in a wait list, but we're planning a big launch for that. And doing a webinar for it has only made the most sense. And I've been really blocked around it because I'm like, I don't know if I should teach something that's in the class and then I don't teach it in the class. But I, I'm starting to hear what you're saying is that that class has a philosophy behind it, which is no one gave us the tools to learn how to present data stories in a way for impact and action. And if you want to create the career of your dreams, presenting, you can present your way to doing that and become an indispensable resource. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think through like in terms of that philosophy that learning how to present data stories effectively is the key to a career of your choice and dreams. Like, would you, would you present, um, would you talk about like mistakes, the the patterns you're not seeing and why learning alternatives to that is important? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm, I'm hoping this will also help the listeners think through with their own offerings. The way, yeah, the way I look at that is, it's about the why and not the how. So okay. in, instead of traditionally, I would create a webinar that was all about the how. And I'm a big fan. Personally, if I'm attending a webinar, I want to see a webinar about the how. But I'm not everybody. And the, <laughs> the data is shaking out that people respond better to a why webinar. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the specifics for your particular thing, I'm not sure. It's about, I think, getting them to buy into the ability to, or, or for the reasoning why they would want to do that. Mm-hmm. So what is it that the average person is doing that's not working? And why is, why is following your format a better way to do it? And it's not selling them on your mm-hmm. format. It's selling them on the reasoning behind your format. Okay. So the why, the why, the, the neuroscience backed reasons why your approach may not be working and like it could point them to kind of those reasons and then seeing that the how is behind the wall. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're not going to leave them hanging. So we're not not completely saying, look, (laughs) here's, here's why this is important now buy my product to know, to learn how to do it. It's more, here's why this is important. And then here are some basic steps you can take. And okay. my product, whether it's a course or a software or whatever, my product will make it that much easier to implement it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I would encourage everybody to do is make sure that when somebody leaves your webinar, they can do something, different. Yep. even if they don't buy anything. If you leave people hanging to the point where they, they, if they don't spend money with you, they can't do anything. 
you will lose your sales. Sure. Um, and I know you wouldn't do that, but I'm sharing that with, with our <laughs> listeners. It's really important to leave them with something. Now, it doesn't have to be a lot. And in fact, too much can have the opposite effect. If, if you give people, even if it's the best information in the world, if you give people too much to do or too much information, they won't be able to understand it and they'll think it's either above them or, you know, doesn't apply to them. You give them just enough. So sell them on the philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. the, the neuroscience behind why this is important and how it can impact them, show them some results, yeah, whether for you or for other clients, uh, but not in a sense of like, well, they took my program and this, but more of so-and-so <laughs> did these things and was able uh, okay. to see these results. And then towards the end, it's okay. So after learning all this and buying into this philosophy, how do we do this? Well, Here's the first way. The mm. first way is you start to do X, Y, and Z. And in doing X, Y, and Z, you get this result. By the way, as I promised in the beginning, and I'll talk about this in a bit, remind mm -hmm. me to come back to this. Okay. As I talked about in the beginning, I'm going to tell you in a little bit about how you can enroll in my program that's just as designed to hold your hand or how you can sign up for my software that's just designed to make it so much easier to do this. Okay. It, we're inserting just little... I want to say like teases, little hooks that say, I'm going to let you know that once this webinar is over with, I'm not leaving you hanging. We will Got help it. you out. Yeah. Okay. So you're teasing the offer and you're saying like, don't worry. What I have is it's coming, but I yes. do want to go through these other and like it's increasing that anticipation, which can yeah. increase their attention levels. And, and it's all about, stuff. yeah. And it's all about the presentation as well. Like we don't want, I don't ever want to present it as, I've got something to sell you mm -hmm. and you should buy that thing. It's more <laughs> a matter of, I do have something to sell you, but I'm only going to tell you about it because it's going to be the bridge between here and where you want to go. Now mm. you can get to where you want to go. Even if you don't ever take my bridge, it just means you're gonna have to go the long way around. Right. Ooh, I love that. That's great. Cause that popped in my head when you said like, here's the first way you could go about it. And I thought of like, all the books that I've read, yeah. all the articles that I've exactly. read, the years I spent trying to like piece everything together. And it took, it took like at least five years to have a structured approach. Right. And now I'm hearing like, yeah, you'll get there, but yeah, you might grow a beard in that time <laughs> 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 while you're waiting. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, one of my, one of my uh, lead magnets was my webinar creation checklist. And it cool. was literally my favorite webinar structure it, from mm -hmm. start to finish, everything that you should have in your webinar. And I gave that away for free. And a lot of people were like, how can you give that away for free? You literally build webinars for people or you teach people how to build right. webinars. <laughs> but, you know, just taking that, you could eventually piece together a webinar. And if you were struggling with that one thing, it was going to really help you. But if you just want that expert guidance, if you want to avoid that learning curve, then you're going to hire me. And it's the same thing right. with your software, your training, your consulting, whatever it is, you in your webinar, you're going to give them the basic means to get where they want to go. You're going to give them maybe a map, but when they sign up with you, they get the shortcut. Interesting. Wow. That's so great. I love that angle. Yeah. And it well, and it's the truth. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is we're not we're not lying to anybody. We're not giving right. them something that's, you know, it's not like misleading. And and although we're reframing our offer, um, we're we're never hiding it. 
that's, I think another mm. thing that you see a lot of people do that makes a webinar terrible is they act like there's no offer. They're like, this is pure information. <laughs> and, and then at the end they're blindsided with an offer or mm. it's 45 minutes of kind of a pitch that has some information in it. And then it's 15 minutes of an offer. And you're like, where was the value in that? I'd rather say right up front. And I guess we will address this now. I'd rather say right up front, which I do in every single webinar, I'm going to have an offer for you today. I have something for sale. Okay. And sometimes, and this is the one that blows people away. Sometimes I will tell them the offer up front. It's it's one of my favorite things. So (laughs) imagine that level of transparency, right? Imagine if, you know, whatever it is, buying a car, buying a house. And somebody said, okay, here's the deal. This costs this much. Here are your payments. If you decide to get this car and, uh, it might need new tires in about six months, just so you know, you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, you're honest. That's awesome. All right. (laughs) I mean, I don't love that. I need new tires and those payments are a little high, but at least I know what I'm getting into. Um, And so what I will do is, uh, and again, it doesn't work every time you want to test this. Don't just go, Oh, Tim said to tell the, uh, tell the price. So (laughs) I'm going to do that. Uh, test it because I have found it doesn't always work. But, um, one thing that it does, it, it doesn't typically increase the conversion rate. Hmm. What it does, it doesn't decrease it either. What it does do is it keeps people on for longer. I've seen an average increase in length of, of time that people stayed on the webinar of between five and 15 minutes. So that's wow. big because that means they're staying through the offer. And the reason they're staying through the offer is because they know what it is. It's not blindside. They didn't get to the point where you're like, um, now let me tell you about my product. And they're like, whoa, hold up product. I'm going to go. The value is gone because what you've said to them, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get into that in a second too. But what you've said to them is at the end, I'm going to show you how you can take the next steps and I can help you with those next steps as opposed to, mm. okay, now here's the part where I try to get you to buy. Mm, okay. Yeah. So wow. okay. here's how I present that. I'm, I'm word vomiting a bit, but <laughs> no, this is amazing. Here's, here's how you present it. In the beginning, you've got two different things you can do. One, you can say, Um, and, and we can talk about kind of where this fits into the format, but you can, you can either say, okay, so one thing I want you to know before we get into the content today is that, uh, I'm going to give you tons of great value. This is going to be super helpful regardless of whether you buy anything or not, but I do have something that I'm going to offer you. And I'm going to tell you about it at the end. And really what it's meant to do is it's meant to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Now you're going to be able to take everything we talk about today and do it on your own. But if you want my help, or you want our help, or you want, you know, a tool to make it all easier. I'm going to show you that at the end, but just stick around until then, because we're going to get into the the content right now. That's one way to do it. Okay. The other way, this is my favorite. I love doing this. It throws everybody (laughs) off. People will go nuts in the chat or the questions box or whatever is you go, okay, so I'm going to get into the content in just one second, but here's one thing I found. I don't know if you feel this way, but I absolutely hate when people get into, they start hosting a webinar and then <laughs> they're doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, here's my offer. So what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is it okay if I just give you the offer right up front? So it's just that, that whole anxiety thing is off the table and you'll see people in the chat going, Oh my God, that's amazing. Yes. Do that, please. And then I'm free to go. Okay, wow. great. Here's what it's going to be. I've got this product. Here's how much it costs. Here's, there's going to be some bonuses. Maybe I'll tell them. I usually won't, but say there's going to be some bonuses. I can tell you more about the bonuses at the end. Here's what it comes with. Here's what it's going to do for you. I do that in about 
two minutes and then I say, okay, great. <laughs> now that that's off the table, if you don't want it, that's awesome. And if you want it, I'll tell you more details at the end. Are we cool? Should we move into the, the content now? And people will be like, yes, that's awesome. Almost every time people absolutely love that you have just laid it all on the table for them to, to know everything about. Gosh, that is amazing. And it's so contrary to what we're taught about when we're trying to sell persuasively in like a live presentation where every conference I go to is like, do not sell. If you <laughs> sell anything, do a brief mention at the end uh, where I have a content upgrade usually, but you start right out of the gate with why they are there and what you, what you're going to leave them, what they're going to be able to do differently. Like what you just said, like, I am about to save you 10 hours of productivity time right. when building your presentation, something like that. Mm -hmm. So this goes so contrary. So why do you think that? Cause I, I have trouble picturing that working sure. in a live conference environment, but why do you think that works so well in a webinar environment? The funny thing is, if you're allowed to pitch at a conference, it works incredibly well there too. <laughs> okay. But only if you're allowed to pitch, only if the people there are expecting it. Um, oh, if, okay. if the conference says no pitch, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, why I think it works so well in webinars is because people are tired of being misled. Mm. People are, you know, they're hip to the tactics. You know, right. I think... You know, to some extent, there are some people, the super rock stars of the world that can that can deploy the tactics. Mm -hmm. And even if you know what's going on, you're you're done. Right. Yeah. But we're not all super rock stars. I mean, I, I you say all these things like webinar king and all this stuff. I'm not like a sales <laughs> rock star. I'm absolutely not. What I am is really honest and transparent. Mm, I, I love that. When I'm hosting a webinar, you're, you know, you're listening to just a normal guy because I'm not mm. smart or slick enough to <laughs> get, get some stuff past you. That stuff never worked for me. I was in a traditional Same. sales environment for a long time and all the stuff they taught me didn't work. What did work was mm. when I walked up to people and I said, hi, I'm a normal person. I work for this company. I want you to buy this thing. It's a lot of money and you may <laughs> like it. And I think you will. Can I show it to you? That's wow. what, that's the only thing that ever worked for me. And I think that's how the average person, probably you listening to this, unless you're like a sales rock star, then whatever, maybe don't listen to me. But if you're the average person and, and this is not the thing that you already are crushing, then just being real and being completely transparent and open and honest works. It just works. And it, again, a lot of people um, struggle with the traditional sales stuff. And that's why I like what I do. Now, again, when you hear some of these amazing people, and I'll, I'll name a name who a lot of people come to me with, what do you think about this guy? Russell Brunson, okay, course, from ClickFunnels. Yeah. Everybody comes, what do you think about his strategy? It works. I mean, good <laughs> God, he's killing it. He's one of the craziest marketers yeah. in the world, right? So you can't deny that that works. But I think your average person will struggle to mm. apply that method, not because the method doesn't work, but because it takes a certain something. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that method, not because I have anything wrong with it. It just, it's not me. So what I kind of share with people is if, if this stuff, if you feel a little more comfortable with this stuff, now you're going to, you might be uncomfortable telling the price up front, having an offer up front. Yeah. But if you feel a little bit more comfortable with this overall idea, then you may just want to be this upfront and honest and real and connect with people. And the cool thing about it is it works whether or not you have a certain energy level 
Uh-huh. It works whether or not like, you know, I, I get a lot of people to go, you know, Tim, you're so high energy and you're nuts and you're I pace when I do webinars and, you know, I'm not like that. And <laughs> my answer is that's great because your audience will love you because right. of who you are. And some people won't. But, you know, the people that are there that watch your webinars, they'll appreciate you. There's a lot of people that think I'm annoying because I'm so high energy <laughs> and ridiculous and that's fine. Um, but I, what I do, who I am works for, for my audience. So anyway, that's, that's why I think it works so well because it is, it's contrary to all the slick tactics that people are so used to hearing people do that they're like, okay, well, this is different. This feels like a different experience. I'm in. Man, this is, this is so interesting. Um, cause I think there are a lot of blocks for people, even who are selling about selling because selling can seem like such a sleazy, you know, I, I don't need to make money. Just take it for free. <laughs> Meanwhile, people have jobs where they earn money selling yeah. things to people they don't really need. But it, there's like a block around selling something soft, like knowledge, you know, something that's not physically tangible. So now can, can of, I share something about that really oh, quick? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Two things. Uh, one, uh, you mentioned about like selling something that's not tangible. Just remember that we're not, I'm not selling an ebook. I'm not selling like the hour that we're on the call. I'm selling the, the difference in your life. The outcome. Yeah. Right. Whatever that outcome is, that's what you're buying. And if you were to say to someone, hi, okay, so let's say, let's say it's a fitness thing, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody says they want to lose 50 pounds. And I said, okay, listen, if, if you give me $297, in three months, you'll be down 50 pounds or whatever the time frame is. Uh-huh. Uh, would you do that? Guaranteed. If I could absolutely guarantee <laughs> you that if for some magic way I could do that, would you give me $297? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying to say this to somebody, but I'm making a point that if they would give you that money to do that and you have the tools to actually get them there, if they do all the things you're saying, then you have a responsibility to, to sell them. Oh, right. I see. So it may be an intangible thing that you're selling, but they're getting the result that they want. And that result is worth the money to them. So the other thing I wanted to say about that is about the block around selling and, and like, you know, this whole thing about like taking money, especially (laughs) for artists. Um, you know, I know a lot of artists and, and actors and musicians and stuff that have a weird thing about money, right? Like, Oh, or healers or yoga people, right? They're like, but it's money. Um, you have a responsibility because you have a knowledge or a skill set or something that people need. You have a responsibility to help people in the world. Mm. And if you can't pay your mortgage or your bills or whatever, (laughs) you probably will not be able to keep your business or your service open. You'll have to go get a job doing something else and you will be helping less people. And so it is your responsibility to have a successful business. And the only way to have a successful business is to make money. And the only way to make money is to quote unquote, sell. Sell. And so you've (laughs) got to sell. Selling is not about sleazy sales tactics. It's about saying you want a result. I can help you with that result. You need to give me money so I can help you get that result. That's all. Because I got to eat. Right. I need a house yeah. to broadcast from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. I, I love these mindsets. These are so helpful in general for selling, which I think is going to help people craft, be more confident in the kinds of webinars that they craft. Because, you know, just uh, for you, like a lot of my listeners are either digital practitioners and companies, or they could be. SEO consultants, or they could be working for a SaaS platform like a 
like a heat mapping analytics platform for your website, something like that. And they're doing webinars. So they may not, you don't necessarily always see these temporary offers and launches like what you see in the entrepreneurial space. So I'm curious about how they can leverage, like, I want to tell you about the offer where there might not be a specific time-based offer. It might just be learn more about our product. Yeah. Um, Is there a way to still leverage what you just talked about? Like, Hey, I want to be upfront with you and tell you that like, we have a platform for you that we want to tell you about. And like, it can, can that be used the same way if there's something isn't timely or launching or if that makes sense. Okay. Absolutely. So there's a couple different ways. So one is if there is a, if you have a very high, um, uh, friction, like intentionally high friction. For example, not everybody can get on the phone with one of your sales reps or not everybody would buy your product. Say it's very high end or it's mm-hmm. enterprise, right? Right, right. That's then, right. yeah. So in that case, um, an application process can work really well. And so what mm-hmm. what I've been doing, and I learned this from my friend, Greg Hickman. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of his, one of his kind of things that he teaches is instead of getting people to, uh, like go and sign up for a free consultation call, which feels like it has zero value, right? Somebody <laughs> offers you a free consultation call. It feels kind of like, Oh, well, I mean, anybody can do this. Right. And it's like, you can just go to a thing on a website and I get a thing. Or it feels like this is a sales call, right? Those are the kind of the mm. two things that go through people's minds. Right. Um, even if it's subconscious, but instead in application where, there's some friction between the point of you getting on the phone with a sales rep uh, or whatever the title is going to be about that person. Um, it feels a little bit exclusive. It feels like when I apply, I really want to get on the phone. I really mm-hmm. want okay. to be the one that's chosen. So all you're doing, it's it's less about like you need to apply now. It's more about, <laughs> look, if, if after hearing this philosophy, if you believe that these would be positive results for your company, we would love to have you fill out an application and see if maybe we can help you. We can't yeah, help everybody. Okay. There's we, we don't want to waste your time and get on the phone if we don't think we can help you. But here's the application. You can fill that out. Uh, and, you know, obviously, the sooner you can get it in, the better, because the sooner we'll be able to decide whether or not you're a good fit. And that's wow. all it is. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it creates a reverse, a role reversal where the provider is gunning for Yes. Lead and then a sense of, you know, desperation where it's creating a, almost, almost a scarcity angle. Yeah. Saying like, we are not going to be able to help everyone. And we want to know that you know, we want to know certain things before we even start the conversation with you. Right. They want to be chosen. And I'll tell you somebody who does that really well, even though it's a false scarcity because anybody who can pay money can get in, um, I believe is, uh, maybe that's not appropriate to say, but there's, there's, (laughs) there is an organization out there that they do it so well. Um, I, I, this many, many years ago, I was like, Oh, I applied. I really hope I get in. Like I was literally, (laughs) my wife knew, I was like, I really hope I get this. I think this is going to be huge for me. And you know, not everybody gets accepted. I'm sitting there like begging to be sold to. And so, Mm. um, that, that can be the exact kind of mindset. Now, maybe it's not going to be quite so aggressive. Like people aren't going to be like, Oh, I hope we get accepted into this company's, (laughs) you know, enterprise, whatever, but it does that human psychology still applies. And that's one of the things I think people hosting a webinar get nervous about. They're like, well, I'm selling to enterprise companies. So it's, you know, that same, no, you're selling to a person 
at an mm. enterprise company that believes maybe that your software or your whatever could mm. be the solution for making them look better in their job or for making their company perform better or whatever it is. So um, that's one thing. The other thing that I would say is if um, if it's not, if it's not exclusive and you know it's not going to be an application process, you can instead just straight up offer, hey, at this point, you know, we'd love to show you more about what we can do. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like we might be able to help you, um, you know, f- you can schedule your time here. Now, that's mm-hmm. a little bit less. Um, I don't want to say aggressive. It's a little bit less like softer. Um, yeah, it's a little softer, but it still works. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've got a bunch of clients actually that are doing that right now and having great results because they know they need to get on the phone with somebody. They've done such a good job in the webinar in selling their philosophy and then giving them a few steps on how they can implement it that by the time they're done, they're going, okay, well, I could go and try to do this with spreadsheets and and all these things that I really don't have the time to do. Or I could get on the phone, spend a half hour with a smart salesperson who can then say, okay, look, here's how you would implement it. And then all of a sudden I've got all this stuff done for me. So uh, that can work really well um, as well. Oh, this is all so good. So (laughs) something that you mentioned earlier was about delivery. And, you know, as I'm seeing, as I've been a part of many webinars and and audience member, and people are extending into, you know, Facebook live streaming and live streaming on other platforms. What would you say are some of the things you're seeing in terms of how people deliver that might be holding them back? Yeah. Um, so one thing that I would encourage people to, if possible, stop doing is, um, stop using a script. Mm, I think it's really hard. It's, if you're a script person, it's really hard. I've received so much pushback from clients on this when I've advised them to stop using a script. And the reason that I suggest that is because uh, a great example. I mean, I'm a professional voice actor. I read audiobooks, and you know, <laughs> sometimes it's 12 hours worth of recording for audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter wow. how good you are, you can still a lot of the time tell somebody's reading from a script, and it feels so impersonal mm-hmm. and and so disconnected. And there's a magic that happens when you are just going off the cuff. There are things that you'll say in one webinar that you might not say in another one. And people get really scared of that, like presenters. And I get that. But the magic that comes out, the stuff that you go, oh, my gosh, this is a great thing I should say right now. And you (laughs) share that piece of knowledge and people are like, oh, my God, that's literally how the um, that's how my kind of idea of giving the offer up front came out. We were talking Mm -hmm. on a webinar about being transparent. And I was like, you know, what would be a really cool thing to test? What if you gave your whole offer up front? And then I was like, I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. Um, that stuff can happen. It can be aha moments for you and it can be aha moments for your audience. So I think that's a big thing. Get off script as soon as possible. And does it require a lot of practice? Yes. Does it require you to be kind of weird like I am and put a lot of text on your slides? Yes. My slides have a ton of text. Everybody <laughs> will tell you all image, all I image, know, make your slide. Philosophy. <laughs> I know, I know it is. And it, it it's probably right and accurate. But if you need that crutch to get mm-hmm. off of script for a little while, do that. Now I still use lots of images. And in fact, my favorite images, I use a lot of memes because <laughs> I'm so weird, but that works for my brand. Sure. Um, But that being said, you know, if you can do that, that can help you as you make that transition. Um, 
another thing that you can do that can really help with, um, you know, with your, your presentation and being, uh, connected, um, is to think about your subtext. Now, this is a hard one. It, I would say that this is kind of an advanced technique, but if you can think about the, uh, the, the subtext of your language, you can start to drive people to feel a certain way, mm-hmm. whatever way you want them to feel without it being so obvious that you're bludgeoning them over the head. For example, let's say that, um, you are seeing that somebody is in your comments or your chat and they are asking about a competitor, right? Okay. So for, I'll give an example. I'll give a clear example that everybody probably knows if they're in this space. So, right. I was doing webinars for lead pages. Mm-hmm. Click funnels is a competitor. Okay. okay. So all the time people would be saying, how does lead pages compare to click funnels? Common question. Right. Now, what a lot of people will do is either one, they'll ignore it, which is not the right option, (laughs) or two, they will try to act as if that other solution is garbage. It's trash. You don't ever want to use that. It's just, or, you know, you don't, don't, you don't want to do a course by that person, right? They, they use this negative attack language Mm -hmm. and for one, Maybe that person's asking because they're currently using that other thing. And how does somebody feel if you tell them that they're using a piece of crap that they were, they bought into a piece of garbage. They were so gullible that they thought, Oh my God, that piece of garbage was good. So that's one thing. And two, you know, I, people have such a bad taste in their mouth already from things like political attack ads and stuff like that. We just don't need any more negativity. Mudslinging. Exactly. So, what I like to do is I like to use subtext instead of saying, well, you're going to use my competitor's thing. It's a piece of garbage, blah, blah, blah. You could say, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, there's a lot of options out there. Of course, you know that, you know, mine isn't the only course or mine isn't the only software out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you could give that other one a try. Here's what I'd encourage you to do is that we, you know, we're really confident in ours. Um, most companies have some kind of a money back guarantee. What if you tried both mm-hmm. and then just stick with the one that works for you? Oh, wow. Okay. Now that's scary, <laughs> right? People, wait a minute, wait a minute. But then what if, what if they go do that and then they like the competitors? Well, what if they do that, right? That's the same person that might try yours and decide it's not for them or decide, well, right. you know what? I want to try this other one to see if that works. And then they try yours, cancel it and do the other one. But what really happens when you do that is they go, wow, you're really confident. I'll just use yours. <laughs> it's really weird. It happens all the time. Wow. And and all you do is you just use a little bit of subtext. When you're talking about the competitor's uh, product, you're just giving it a little bit of, you could use that. It might work. Um, or you could use ours and see this philosophy that we've talked about today in action. It's just a, a tiny bit of like, you're hearing in my voice, the other one could work for you. Yeah. But what we've talked about today is clearly the right option. And do you ever contrast different features or benefits when people ask that question? You can, if they're asking for really specific things. Mm. But what I like to do is I like to preface it by saying, now, of course, we want to know about our competitors and what the other options are on the market, but I'm not an expert in those things. But here's what I can show you what's great about what we have to offer and why I think ours is a little bit different. It's, it's never trashing on the other options, right? It's never saying, well, their product doesn't do this. It's, well, our product does this where you may not find that in other tools. Mm -hmm. Got it. Wow. This is so fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) 
And um, any anything around like the way people speak, their articulation, their energy level, their um, enunciation. Are, are are there any resources, anything that helped you kind of master your voice? I guess. Yeah, you know, I think one of the big things is um, it's going to be different for everybody. So. Sure. For me, I actually had a really, I had a problem with diction being too strong. I was, it was very much, (laughs) I was very um, emphasized every single thing. And it was so crystal clear that it really sounded like I was just being over the top and it was kind of annoying. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had to tone it down and just relax and talk like I normally talked. It's not like I walked around talking like that, but I got into presentation mode and I was going to be very clear as if I was speaking to my, my college journalism class. Mm. Um, Right. So but for other people, you can't understand a word they're saying. And so <laughs> it's kind of one of those things you have to get a sense of who you are and, and, and um, find that middle ground. If your audience is going to expect a certain thing, if your audience is really chill and laid back, then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you want to match that. Um, there's no one size fits all. If you're speaking to, you know, lawyers or high level professionals, you want to be a little bit more professional or... Maybe you're standing out by being a little bit different and being yourself that's unique because I've given presentations to Fortune 500 CEOs on a webinar and come on, I'm surrounded <laughs> by comic books in here. You can't, you may not be able to see it, but you can hear it. it, it it's, uh, I'm a big nerd and I'm not a Fortune 500 CEO and I'm a little rough around the edges. And so I do, I do what I do. And, um, I got a lot of great feedback that people were like, God, I felt like a human being instead of a guy in a suit you know, that was trying to be sold to. So again, I would say to know your audience and know yourself. It sounds a little woo woo, but don't be afraid to just be who you are. And (laughs) people are going to have to accept it or not, because you can only play another character. You can't be another character. I'm so connecting with what you're saying right now, because I grew up on the Jersey shore and (laughs) Mm -hmm. also had to sort of deprogram my accent when mm-hmm. I started musical theater and then things became very formal and <laughs> emphasized and <laughs> yes and I was noticing that on my podcast I was like why do I sound like a Disney princess right now <laughs> <I> <laughs> which is it. which has been a lifelong dream but I don't think that's yeah. what people are going to connect with and even in my field especially it can be very stodgy it can be very conventional and polished and I kind of, you kind of want to be that little bit of a rebel who's letting the Jersey Shore come back. So I'm trying not to be so hard on myself. Yeah. If I hear that come back, because I do want people to hear that I'm a real person that they can relate to. I, I, I think for me, what's worked so well, either with speaking, is that sometimes people have come up to me and been like, I don't know if I can come talk to you. It's a little surreal being here with you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just, I'm a giant goob. But Mm -hmm. I think they feel the ability to do that because I try to create a sense of approachability and relatability. Yes. That was like, I'm you guys. I just have a podcast. (laughs) That's That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That, that realness, that, you know, ability to make mistakes, um, being human. I mean, you know, I, there's, I don't think there's a lot of people that are on webinars that are expecting their host to make zero mistakes, to say everything right. perfectly, to never trip over their words, to never lose their train of thought. There are some people like that and whatever, they're not your customers. Right. Um, 
I'll give an interesting kind of anecdote about that. I, um, my highest converting webinar of all time, um, there were, there was a lot that was just a mess about this particular (laughs) webinar. Um, my office was under construction. We had just bought the house. So I was hosting this webinar from my walk-in closet. Uh, you know, clothes all over the place. I had hung up (laughs) curtains to try to stop the reflections from bouncing off the walls and making it sound bad. It was okay. So it was a mess. (laughs) And then four minutes into the webinar, I got the worst case of hiccups I've ever had in my life. And I had a 90 minute webinar to present. And I'm not talking little hiccups. I was talking (gasps) and it sounds like I'm emphasizing for the sake of the story. I'm really not. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I tried for a couple minutes thinking it'll go away. You know, it's just, hey, it's not a big deal. It's going to go away. And of course, five minutes later, it's still going. So I stopped and I said, okay, folks, listen, <laughs> I know that you're hearing these ridiculous hiccups and it's probably the most <laughs> obnoxious thing you've ever heard in your entire life. And if it was me, I'm not sure I would stick around on the webinar. So if you want to jump off, I will totally understand. <laughs> but if you stick around, I will do my best to get you the best content I can and help you in the best way I can. <laughs> and a few people left. But most of the people stayed and we got a 50% conversion rate. Oh my God, that's amazing. People were typing hashtag hiccup webinar. (laughs) And it became this whole thing because I was just, I was real and I was doing my best. And people were like, God, that's got to suck. Like people, they got it. They knew how much that that was a thing. I mean, I've done webinars with the flu. I've done (laughs) webinars with laryngitis, you know. And I'm not saying necessarily to just go do all those things. My point is that that realness, that ability to be human makes people not only kind of uh, it endears you to them, but it also makes them understand that you're just a person. Yeah. And yeah, you've got a thing for sale, but it's because you believe it will help them. They trust you more when you say, look, there are other options on the market and I'm going to tell you about my offer up front and I'm going to be really transparent with you and I'm not feeling on top of my game today because I'm sick, but I wanted to help you anyway. Or I'm a little bit, you know, discombobulated because my Syracuse Orange basketball team is playing a game right now and I'm thinking about that, but I'm here (laughs) with you. I'm doing these things so I can help you, right? Whatever that thing is, as real and honest and open and you as you can be, it's what's going to make more of a difference than any little sales tactic that you can do because it will make people want to buy from you because they like you along with whatever result you're trying to help them get. Oh, Tim, that is an amazing story. And you know what? Uh, Something else pops out for me in there, not just the realness and relatability, but the greatest archetypal story that I think Uh, resonates with all audiences, whether it's a presentation or watching Game of Thrones or whatever, (laughs) is that hero overcoming any odds to reach his victory. And I think that you created (laughs) a sort of hero situation for yourself where your tenacity and resilience and your kind of self-effacing fun that you were having with yourself, like, like, whoops, guys, like you weren't crumbling under that pressure, you were overcoming. And people want to buy from people that are resilient and overcome obstacles, because they feel that that's a guide for overcoming their own obstacles. You know, so Right. That's may, exactly it. Yeah, they, they feel that's me. 
that's me. I'm the one that bumbles through my words. I'm the one that loses my train of thought. I'm the one that gets the hiccups and is like, what do I do now? Right. They can always, they can relate to that more easily than they can relate to the perfect business person that doesn't make any mistakes that gives this amazing presentation from start to that. That's not most of us, right? Most of us are not perfect. (laughs) So You're giving me a lot to think about, even with my own presentations, because as a musical with a musical theater background, polish is important Mm -hmm. to me. So whenever, you know, I have often used the script only for webinars because I've written them in a very conversational way that feels as as natural as it gets. But by no means am I saying it wouldn't come off as uh, written and even and even putting like quick notes and speaker notes, because part of it is you don't want to forget certain things, certain points. Right. But you're making me realize that there might be some value in me being a little less polished and loose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what what I've been starting to do with that recently with presentations is I have had some of the worst travel debacles getting to my three blizzards this year have stopped, <sighs> have canceled my flights and stopped me from getting to my presentations on time. But I go on there and I'm like, man, I have a story. We're talking about telling stories. I've got a story for you. Yeah. Or how I, you know, when I planned my own travel, I landed in Duluth, Minnesota instead of Minneapolis and ended up taking a three hour Uber in the middle of farmland to get there. And like trying to poke holes in that veneer, uh, veneer, I think is really important. So I love that. I love the idea of just kind of Letting if something goes wrong, like letting that hang out and and just overcoming. Yeah. So and, and you can kind of assume it's going to happen. Something's oh, going to yeah. happen. Something's <laughs> going to go wrong. You're going to lose your internet. You know your yep. your slides aren't going to trans transfer. Like something is going to go wrong, and so you can hope for everything to be perfect, or or expect everything to be perfect and not be prepared, or you can just go with the flow, or you can just yeah. make those mistakes and be real and allow that to happen and not destroy what you're doing. Now, I still get a little nervous sometimes. I mean, good. I've had literally, I've started the pitch and had my internet go down, oh, right? No. And I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? I have a backup little thing that I hooked up and got back on and mm-hmm. everything was fine. And we lost a few people, but you just, you, you just do what you got to do. And yeah. and one thing I would say for you is, um, you know, if you, if you feel connected to doing a script and you're not alone, I, there are a lot of people I haven't been able to convince to go off script, <laughs> but what I'd encourage you to do is build in spots in your script to take a break from the oh, script okay. to go to whether it's, you know, if it's a live webinar to go to the questions, to go to the chat, to, to respond to some right. people or to go off the cuff. And one of, one of the scariest things you can do, and I've had a few people do this that loved it and a few that hated it is get to a point in a, in that, uh, in, in that, uh, script and say, tell a story you've never told. Say that to yourself. Oh, and now you've got to <laughs> right there on the spot, tell a story and it'll force you to do it. Now, what one of them did, they took it really far. Is, is it they, related to the, the webinar? Yeah, or just, yeah oh, related okay. to, to where they are at that point in the webinar. Got it. But one of the things that they, they did was they were like, uh, okay, so here's the thing. The person that's helping me build my webinar told me that I should tell you a story that I've never told before. And I can't think of one. What if you told me a story about how what we just talked about could help your business or whatever it was? Right. And just it forced this connection, not in a way that feels forced, but it was just like, look, I want to connect with you. I'm a real person. I want you to know that. And I want to help you. So 
again, I'm not necessarily saying that's the thing to do, but if you can find ways to build in mm. opportunities for interaction, for spontaneity, it can really change the feeling of the webinar. I love it so much. And <laughs> building in breaks is definitely something I'm going to think about and, and pulling a story I haven't told because that's what I teach, <laughs> telling those stories. Right. And you know what? I just realized that another topic for this, because it appeals to my analyst crowd are like, what are the metrics that you look at to determine like what your <laughs> success rates are? So let's talk about it. Can I tell you my least favorite metric? Is it conversion rate? It's conversion rate. <laughs> I hate conversion rate. It's such a bad metric for webinars. It's so bad because it can change based on a million different things. And it's so impossible to know what that means. Mm. My favorite metric is either revenue per attendee or uh, revenue per registrant. Now, oh. if you're getting leads, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. If you're getting MQLs, it takes a long time to track that, but you can still track that and use that. It's just going to take a while. If, if you've got a long sales cycle, obviously, measure the sales cycle, find out how long it is, and then track it back to revenue per attendee or registrant. They're two different numbers though. Revenue per registrant is going to tell you what you can spend to get people onto your webinars. So if you track it and you figure uh, out you're getting 50 bucks a registrant, mm -hmm. then you know you can spend up to maybe 50 bucks if you, you know, just want to get leads free for free. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that's a good one. Revenue per attendee is going to tell you how well you're doing live on the spot and how it's going to show you how important that follow up is. So those are my favorites. Oh, man. So good. And what about in terms, do you ever look at the behavioral metrics during your webinars? Like what are the key drop off points? Um, what are the points where people comment the most? Um, atten like attendance starting it versus ending, things like that. Yes. Uh, I think it's really important to track where that offer comes in, are people dropping off like crazy? And mm -hmm. if they are, you've got to try my tactics. It's so important. You've got <laughs> to try the offer at the beginning because we used to see, you know, it'd be consistent. They'd be on, they'd be on, and then it would drop pretty significantly. Mm. Then we would see it'd be consistent and it would drop a little bit, but then it'd stay. So I definitely would encourage you to track that and find out, are people dropping off at that point? Or is there a point in the webinar where they're dropping off? And a lot of people think if they drop off right in the middle of the webinar, it's because either the webinar is too long or something like that, or that the content is boring or not valuable. Right. Usually it's actually because it's too complex. So when you're presenting on a webinar, sorry to say it, most people aren't giving you their undivided attention. What? I mean, Oh, I know it's unbelievable. They're on their phone. They're talking to somebody <laughs> in the office, whatever, right? They have five so, tabs open on their Chrome. <laughs> exactly, right? It's in the background. So yeah. oftentimes if it's too complex, if it's too much data, if it's too whatever, that's when people are going to drop off. They're going to, I can't follow this. It's mm -hmm. over my head or it's not relevant. So, you know, maybe take that section out or dumb it down a little bit, make it a little easier to comprehend. And again, give them the ability to take that and apply it when they buy your product. That can make a big difference. I love all of that. And I think it's just really important to look at the webinar itself as a behavioral vehicle, you know, yes. mo monitor what's happening during that. I remember um, a webinar I did and I noticed a pretty significant drop off at one point. And I realized that it had been a long time since I had asked a question. It was like mm. one of the longer content stretches that I had. 
And you're right, people will just and it's also it's also tricky because people will often leave it running. But they yes. may, <laughs> there, yeah. there's no way to measure that attention span. But I think the more you're offering those opportunities for people to contribute uh, comments and weigh in, you're kind of sna- it's like being in a classroom. You're like, Timmy in the back, would you like to, <laughs> <laughs> would you yes. like to comment? And then you're like, oh, right, right. It kind of snaps you back to attention. So, and, but- and one attention uh, technique that I will use is I will ask the audience to become the teachers for just a minute. And what I'll do is if there's a particular thing, so let's say I'm teaching about social media uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about Instagram, how to use Instagram stories. All right. This is something I did in a recent webinar. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a real sore spot for people because people hate or love Instagram stories. That's really what it comes down to. (laughs) There's nobody in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. or, Or that, right. That's yeah. They're either like all about them or not. And or don't get them. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I would do is I would take us, I would give some great t- tips or whatever I'm teaching in the webinar. And then I'd say, by the way, what's one great way that you've used Instagram stories? Can you let us know? And I'll read some of them out loud so people can kind of share in that mm-hmm. knowledge. And people love that. I mean, come on, we love feeling like we're awesome. We're the experts. Like, yeah, I'm awesome mm-hmm. too. That's a good idea. So we'll share that stuff and we'll engage. And then again, the audience feels like, whoa, here's the validation that this is important because not only is, you know, the presenter talking about it, but all the people with us are talking about it too. Right. Yes. Oh, it's also how it's baffled me in uh, social media communities where we're working on building a couple and I'm trying to nail that post that gets tons of engagement. Yeah. And what happens every time that I'm seeing is when you post that question, that's that dare to be great share that they have the kind of brag, you know, um, they, or, or a question saying, I need help with something. I need your advice. People just go bananas. Stuff like like that. So maybe even asking like, well, something I've struggled with is this, and I'd love your Guys, I've never been able to figure this out. How would you tackle something like this? Yes. Um, And again, people get so afraid to do that because they feel like they have to be the perfect expert. They're the experts, mm -hmm. so they know everything. No, you don't know everything. People know you don't know everything. So you can then not only kind of connect with people in that way and be like, you know, I've been struggling with something. What's, What's one way that you've been able to do that? I'd love to learn from you and increase their engagement and their likelihood to be paying attention at that point, which then keeps them on until the offer. That's a great, that's a great one. Oh man. So many bonuses. (laughs) See, you waited to the end and you got some bonuses. Bonus content. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you one last question. So this is a very plausible scenario. Think hard. (laughs) You are hosting a panel at Comic-Con 2019 (laughs) when suddenly a vortex pulls you back to the moment you're about to deliver your first webinar. What would present day you say to yesterday you? Have fun. (laughs) I think that I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I'd never done it before. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I had watched it. I tried so hard to say all the things Clay said. And although Mm -hmm. it went really well and it converted really well, um, I was like peeing my pants the whole time. And (laughs) not literally, not literally. Um, I was literally not literally. (laughs) I love when people say that. (laughs) uh, But, you know, 
I think that the best webinars I've ever had, including Hiccup webinar, were just the ones that I was having the most fun. And I wasn't afraid to just be myself and do stupid stuff and say stupid stuff and yeah. fall flat on my face. And I think that's that's what I would tell myself because that changed the game for me more than anything. And I think it's amazing that you're able to do that because when you're in a live presentation environment, your audience, their reaction is feeding into that energy. You're there, you drop that first joke, which you use to gauge where they are and they laugh and you're like, oh, we're on a roll now. And then it just snowballs from there, but you don't have that ability on a webinar. It's total radio silence. And, and, you know, sometimes I'll watch the chat to see what's going on. Are people making comments about that joke? And I've had webinars where people were not responding. Mm. I was making joke after joke. And so at one point I would just say, man, I'm dropping all these jokes and you guys aren't laughing. I I don't know (laughs) if I'm just not funny or what. And again, it sounds so counterintuitive, like don't do that and maybe don't do that. But for me, that's who I am. I'm going to call out my own, like I'm, I'm being an idiot. I'm clearly not funny. And People were like, no, 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 we're just busy writing notes. And I'm, okay, all right, well, I guess I'll keep going with my stupidness. Can you drop a ha-ha, just guys, please? Every once in a while, a little LOL would make me feel a lot better about myself. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love that. I definitely am going to take a page from that book. Nice. That's great. (laughs) Well, Tim, I feel like I would keep you hostage pretty much all day if I could. Uh, Such an honor to have you on, especially the journey that your amazing service to the community has given as a, as an entrepreneur, but also hopefully giving some amazing insights into the steps that people can take to create webinars that really show people what their service, what that value is going to be for mm-hmm. them. And I'm just so grateful. So please let people know where they can uh, keep up with you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about webinars as much I know. these days. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to find some resources, I've got a little bit on uh, timpagewebinars.com. Um, a lot of my time now is spent doing voice acting. I, I do some webinar stuff uh, a bit. But uh, if you want to check out my voice acting stuff, if you like audiobooks, um, I narrate a lot of audiobooks. So it's uh, narrated by timpage.com. Oh. And it's P-A-I-G. P-A-I-G. <laughs> We're not turning the page. We're timming the page. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, my other voice acting stuff is the voice of Tim Page. And I mean, there are so many articles I was reading one yesterday that blog posts that you've contributed to all kinds of blogs that have there's stuff everywhere. Amazing information. Well, awesome. Thank you again. I'm wishing you all the best in all of your endeavors. I'll be downloading every audiobook you've ever narrated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just wish you the best. And I, I hope one day we can have you again. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm just so blessed that someone that was so important and such a prominent figure in how my online business developed actually came on my show and was able to drop so much valuable knowledge for you. So blessed. So I hope he didn't disappoint. Thank you so much for listening. And to catch all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode, don't forget to visit the show notes page at leahpika.com slash 043. I would love if you could leave me or Tim a comment or suggestions because I want to hear about the challenges you face when you're presenting webinars or trying to close deals through the web. And if you like what you've heard, 
hop on over to iTunes to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are extremely appreciated because they affect the rankings of the show. And I'll be reading out my favorite ones on future episodes. And today's presentation inspiration is from Edmund Mbiaka. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And he says, mutual understanding is the main backbone of every happy relationship. I felt this quote to be really appropriate for today's theme because understanding your audience, especially from a place of being mutually relatable to them, is a crucial ingredient in creating a a winning webinar, a presentation, a pitch, whatever it is that you're trying to persuade someone to do something. So the next time you are creating a webinar, ask yourself, do I know what my audience's dreams are, their aspirations? Do I know their biggest fears and their obstacles? Did I have those too? And do I have a keen understanding of where they are today? And if I did, how did I overcome them? And I honestly think that that is going to be the winning formula for whenever you are trying to persuade someone to do something. And that's it for today. I hope you have an amazing rest of the spring. You will be hearing from me a lot more often. I have some incredible interviews on the horizon for you. But for now, namaste and namago. And that's the second round. <laughs> we had to. We had to do it. How do we not talk about metrics? So On an analytics podcast, Leah. Please give us your Microsoft password. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry. This is like what I. This is what I do.